All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Frank Delana. Today on the pod, we have four more San Diego Chargers, current just overall stud, Dean Rogers. Dean, welcome to Bring the Juice. Say what's up to the people real quick. What's up? What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me, man. We are fired up. Uh, as usual, this episode is brought to you in part by the American Pistachio Growers. If you want to perform like the pros, then eat your pistachios. Eat those nuts, kids. Nuts. You know what I'm saying? Nuts. Uh I mean, we just had like a small mini pod before the pod. We really did, though. <laughs> I, I appreciate those. It, gets, it keeps the vibes up, you know? Yeah. It's more of a conversation. It's not an interview. That's what it's I like fine. to think about. It. It so was, It was kind of like a behind-closed-door conversation. Though, yeah. You know, right? I might need to have, like start a Bring the Juice subscription where you, you get the behind-the-scenes. The real behind-the-scenes. But there's got to be like a NDA you got to sign or something right? like that. Yeah. You can um, only listen to it once, right? Something yeah. Like it explodes or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your your phone gets hacked right after if you send it to somebody. Yeah, something. Uh, but you know, one thing I was we were chopping up about was just your experience of you're originally born in Salinas. Yep. Grew up in the valley though. Yep. Ended up playing ball at UC Davis. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of other shit we got to talk about here. We but do. Davis itself, I'm an ag guy. I went to Fresno State. I think we crap on Davis, but you went to Davis. Talk to me about that overall experience. And how it helped, you know, what you, how was Davis? Let's start with that. Let's start with that. You know what? I'll give credit to Davis. The fact that it was a, it was a great platform for me. Yeah. Um, And, you know, growing up in the Valley, Mm -hmm. I I was, I had all the dreams that most young boys that like to play sports have. Like, I want to go to the NFL. Like I'd write down professional athlete. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It wasn't doctor or some crap no. like that. Like, I want to be a doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm playing video games. I'm playing sports at recess. Yeah. I can't wait to get to freaking recess. Like, that's that's what I'm here for. Same way. So, um, you know, in high school, came in and was playing great and um, was running back, right? And being running back my sophomore year, or no, my junior year, because mm-hmm. I wanted the ball in my hands as much as possible. Who doesn't? And I played tight end my sophomore year because one of the guys went down. So I was, you know, on varsity playing there. So I wanted the ball in my hands. I want to be running back. I think that kind of set me up to be under-recruited. Yeah. I'm a tall, white guy. Not that fast. Yeah. I'm, I got some speed, but not like, wow, that guy's fast. Right, right, right. So because of that, uh, sure, I broke records, first team, all league. Sure. Sure. Humble brag, humble brag. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, but I wasn't overwhelmingly incredible at running back right. like you need to be to go to the next level and be running back. So, you know, I kind of felt like I was under-recruited and yeah. I had a chip on my shoulder, man. Hell yeah. And Davis and some other schools, right? We talked about some of them. That were all uh, what was what was a league at that time? So yeah, Pac-10. <laughs> it was, well, Pac-10 is where I wanted to go, but I'm trying to remember what the big Scott the whack the whack. Yeah, there we go. One of the whack schools. Yeah, we're looking at me. So we had Boise State, we had Nevada, Reno, Fresno State, right? Mm-hmm. But they weren't really giving me the love in the form of, hey, we really want you. Here's a scholarship. Yeah, right. Davis was really the only one that stepped up mm-hmm. to the level of, okay, these guys really want me. And then I started thinking, well, let me weigh my options. I could walk onto these other places. Mm-hmm. None of the Pac-10 schools were giving me the love that I wanted, right? USC and U- UCLA and Oregon Ducks. Like other guys in the Valley were going those places, but not me. And kind of felt... Piss you off that. a little yeah, bit. You kidding me? me off, yeah. 
So, um, so Davis showed me love, mm-hmm. but not all the way, right? I don't, oh. I don't usually say it too much because right, right. maybe it's not important. But I got a half scholarship, hey, and I roll up to campus and I'm beating out guys with full scholarships. I get it, as I would only expect because I felt like it was bullshit. I only got half scholarship, but so um, David showed me love. I was thinking towards the future. Hey, they're a great school. I, I, that's that set me up for sure. Spoken in it's, yeah, it's right. a great school. So I kind of weighed my options: the scholarship, love, the future opportunities. I'm Let's going. Do it. I'm going to Davis. Yeah. Um, and we were talking before, like there was promise for them. They were on the up. Just right? beat Stanford. Just beat Stanford. Um, the talent that I saw there, there were good players there. Right. The coaches had a pedigree of having just winning and success. It felt like the right place to get the attention and opportunity that I I wanted. Yeah. So. Well, and it's also you're from the valley. Like from it's the a valley. it's a drive. It's not like you got to play. You know, some of these schools you play, you're playing like Northern Colorado and shit. Yeah. It's, eh, that, it's not, it's not, you know, that's a flight and a weird drive. Like this yeah. is, you could come home if you really had to on a weekend during like exactly. spring ball. Yeah. And by the way, that did weigh into my decision because I had a high school girlfriend oh. who turned into my wife. Well, so hey, it worked out. <laughs> hey, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Shout out to Mrs. Rogers. <laughs> so I was, I, Myself and her would make trips, driving back, right? Come to the games, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that kind of played in the decision too. I wanted to stay in California. The thought of going across the country just didn't seem no, just seemed weird. Right? You got to weigh. You got to weigh every element. Filter yeah. it out. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, man, made it to Davis, redshirted, kept uh, putting on weight, getting stronger, mm-hmm. um, showing talent, and then redshirt freshman year. Started playing right away. Um, now, one of the things that helped me, and I, I also in the later half of college years, pissed me off too, mm-hmm. was we had an incredible offensively-minded receivers coach who was partial offensive coordinator too. His name is Rich Scangarello. He ended up going to the 49ers because mm-hmm. he was so good. Um but he was there wanting to create like every offensive package possible for me. So I went to Davis for tight end. There you go. Okay. And he's wanting to put me at, you know, H back, uh, short yardage, running back, fullback, motion me out for receiver. Get you the ball. Get me the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. He recognized the talent. Um, so like this is looking awesome. Redshirt freshman year, awesome. Uh, redshirt sophomore year, awesome. Redshirt junior year, pretty good. Mm-hmm. But he ended up leaving, right? Hey, it's part of sports. Part of sports. It's so a business. Once that happened, started getting the ball less, right? There's those packages were still there. I get it. Different offensive coordinator, though. Yep. Right. And by the way, person who came in as quarterbacks coach and started taking over offensive. This is I don't think I've ever said this before, <laughs> but like. <laughs> I just you almost got to say it yeah. because I because I truly feel it to my core like this right. this played into it. Hey man, we're we're free. It's free country. Free country. Um, I'm playing tight end. The person who came in as quarterbacks coach used to be a quarterback on the team, mm. and one of his best friends was also a tight end on the team whose position I was pl- starting over. Might have had a uh, might have been a little bit of conflict of interest there. Yeah. A little and and by the way, the other tight end. Phenomenal athlete. Yeah. Phenomenal guy. What's wrong with that? Phenomenal player. Good for him. 
he had injuries, different things like that. But I started over him when he was healthy and continued starting over him after that. And I don't know, without with unspoken words, it just felt like there was tension there. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of effort to give me the ball when I should have had that fucking ball yeah. way more. So I don't know. I, it just was a frustrating experience from junior year. It kind of slowing down. And then senior year, it's like, well, what's going on here, guys? Like, I'm supposed to, I'm a captain. I'm one of the best players on the field. Like, yeah. What's why, going on with the hell? Why am I not getting the ball more? Yeah. It just, it became frustrating and frustrating. But like I said, Davis was a great platform for me because the scouts were there. The scouts were there when I got there. The scouts were still there watching me and some other people. And it ultimately got me to the next level. So, hey, hats off to Davis. Yeah. Help me get to the next level. But there were some frustrating moments in there as a player. I think that's, Anywhere you go, though, too. I mean, one of the reasons I have the Bring the Juice podcast is to air out these type of things because, yeah. like, there's politics in locker rooms. There's politics in coaching staffs. It's a, it is a business. And when you're younger like that, too, you haven't necessarily found you your voice. Know. You don't know. You haven't found your voice yet. It's very difficult. It's also, do you want to voice it? Because sometimes you go in and talk. I hey, get out, get out of my office. Get the heck out or, of here. What are you doing talking or, to me? Or, exactly. Right? Like. I have had, I went through three different coaching staffs in my time in college football. So I had a good um, kind of, I got a good taste of the rainbow per se. Yeah. And I learned, hey, this is a good coach. This is not a good coach. Sometimes, you know, you feel like you get in situations where like, I'm doing everything right. Are they out to get me? Is right? something going on? It's weird. Why are they doing something like this, like that? And you know, I have a brother who, when I was a senior, he was getting recruited to play at Fresno State. And it's like, you know, he's a stud. No doubt he's going to do great things. But throughout just my journey of them, because I wasn't wanted. I, I walked on. He was scholarship wanted. But like, I just think when you're, you're, you're flashed, these flashy lights, these shiny things as a recruit, you get there, they throw you a number. They yeah. don't care about you as much as they, they – they're not as nice to you as they were on your <laughs> visit. But yeah. you start just freaking like – I don't know. Like it, the true the true colors of people start coming out. Right. And when you're 18, 19, it's like this is a grown-ass man yelling at us every day. Right. Determining who's starting, who's not, who's making the bus, who's not, who's getting more reps, who isn't. Like why is he getting more reps? He was late for class. And he missed meetings. So what? Why is he? Call getting, there's a lot of other factors. So many other factors. Yeah. So many other factors. And me, I mean, I'll just like as being a walk on. Like anyone who's ever walked on understands, you got to be a little more perfect. You do. If you get five balls and you catch four, that's not good enough. But if a scholarship guy gets five balls and he only catches three, they're gonna. He has a longer rope essentially. And yeah. that's. And I've had many coaches on this podcast that is a fact it is a part you do have to prove yourself a little bit more because mm -hmm. they're not paying for you necessarily now granted eventually you earn scholarships you make yep. the bus they are going to play the guy who they want to play but it is shitty you have to go through that kind of rough waters of hey is this coach in a good mood does he like me right and i don't know about you but i appreciate i don't ask for much from a coach in my life but They've meant the 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 coaches that I had that were good leaders of young men that wanted to develop you into a good citizen, a good teammate. And you could we had a couple of really good teams at Fresno State and a couple of really shitty teams. 
But when everyone could rally behind each other and want to play for a head coach who has your best interest in mind, dude, it, I mean, it makes it's all a, the it's difference. It's a different team. It, it changes your life At, from 18 to 22. Those are vulnerable years. Those are huge formative years. Yeah. So, you know, I guess one thing I would say now is, and I want to get into like, I think you've done a great job but from your athletic career. You've leveraged the mindset of what got you to where you've been yeah. to the to the San Diego Chargers, and you're you're building off of it. Versus, yeah. I think a lot of guys, or it's sad. I'm sure you have plenty of guys you've played with where they're done playing in college football. They're done playing in the NFL, and they just kind of they fall off. They dude. fall off because yeah. you're used to that structure. You're used to that here at this time. You're used to just getting told what to do. And you're operating like a freaking machine at a high level. But when you don't have that structure, you don't have someone telling you when to be somewhere, how to be, you kind of know throughout the week, hey, on Mondays, it's a little more chill. Fridays, I got a game coming up. Like I got to start locking in, taking care of my body, being a professional. You're just kind of thrown in the world. Like you don't have to wake up at five in the morning. Yeah, No one's going to yell at you. You're not going to have to run later if you don't. So to be able to have that, self-accountability to stay disciplined i think it's something that you kind of just got to self-reflect and and say hey man i need to i need to fire myself up i need to get my piss hot like i literally call it bring the juice like i need to bring the juice today like, i need to wake up and like I, i'm either gonna <laughs> you're either getting better you're getting worse every day no nope. don't be a bitch simple yeah. as that but you know how would you say like in brushing on the nil side of things seeing how you've leveraged yourself to be successful from athletics, what would you do right now if you were a college athlete? Anything specific? Like, I kind of talked to Stratton Brown about this a little bit. Just, you know, you can make money off of YouTube. You can make money off of oh, yeah. selling your personal brand. I don't think making t-shirts that say your name and number on them are necessarily going to make you millions. But I think there's things to do. What would you run after? So, dude, with the openness to the marketplace right? as a college athlete today – yeah. Where you can literally make money and there's no problems with it. Yeah. It's crazy. Everything is brand. Of course. Everything is brand. And I think a lot of college athletes might not recognize the opportunity. I don't think they do at all. They might recognize, yes, I'm special. People give me praise and they made it to the next level. And it's half the reason to play college football. There's some, a little clout, a little hype. Right. You know? Yeah. Hey, I did it. Yeah, exactly. And walking around campus, right? Like a backpack. Now, I got to say, at UC Davis, it's not quite the same as walking around campus at Fresno State. People hardly even know that there's a game on Saturday, right? Um, I, I just, I'm going to shake my head. <laughs> it's, it's true story, though. Like, yeah. I remember having conversations with people. And, Oh, yeah, I play for the football team. Oh, we have a football team? I'm like, oh, my gosh. No way. Yes. Wow. And, and I'm telling you, we have a 15,000-person stadium. Yeah, and I've been. We would struggle filling the stadium yeah. at home games at times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Why are we yeah. struggling here? You know. Anyways, so I think the hugest opportunity, and I learned this not right away, mm-hmm. right? And I had a great opportunity to do it right out the gate, but – to brand yourself right now on social media, because that's where the eyeballs are coming in. I couldn't agree more. It doesn't have to be anything special. It doesn't have to be a product that you're promoting. You are the product. You're the brand. I agree. So, and it, and it doesn't have to be that, right? I'm in real estate now. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, look, I'm buying and selling houses now while I'm in college. Yeah. It's just the mere fact that you are a brand. So you need to present that brand mm-hmm. and come off professionally. So 
right? It needs to be showing that you're at the games and showing that you're getting results or doing something like, and you might not even be a starter, but you still have a brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you have a story to tell. Everybody, everybody has their perspective, their two cents, why they do the things that they do operate. I, yeah. I agree hundred percent. Cause I was not the flashy all American for Fresno state and anybody who I played with though, they respect me for what I've done. And I think, you know, you don't want to be a guy in the locker room who's only taking selfies and making TikToks, right? And and you and you're a, a punk ass at practice. Now, if you're, <laughs> if you're grinding and you're doing your thing, and nobody like you got to make it to where nobody gets be like, hey, why don't you uh, quit making TikToks and 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 try a little harder at practice? Like you can't you can't let that be a sentence. Right. You got to cover your ass and ball out, right? And give everything you have into the program. But on the flip side, don't leave any meat on the table, man. Get, I mean, so perfect example yeah. is just to share the journey, right? And and I guess the reason 100%. I think that's so important is because a lot of people are trying to they struggle to figure out what do I share, right? Um, I don't have anything to sell. Just share your journey. That's it. it. Could be you working out and showing your commitment, your dedication. It could sure. be showing th these are the the meals that I'm eating, mm -hmm. right? This is my preparation for the game. I'm studying for the game. Um, getting prepared for the game, getting my mindset right, all these different type of things are what kind of building your brand and your journey yeah. to show who you are, yeah. what you're about. And then naturally, as you transition out into the real world, into the professional world, um, that same brand can carry through, and that's part of your journey. That's part of your brand. I 100% agree. I think that is – that's for sure step one. Now, if you have a cool name um, – Oh, what the hell? There's a guy who has a really badass name, General Booty. He's a quarterback for the <laughs> really? for, for Oklahoma. Um, God, there's a there's a couple guys out there who have this like pretty unique names, and uh, yeah, that's a brand and marketing you spin could, you and could, everything. You could brand the hell out of it. Yeah. Okay. What about this? So there's a guy who played. I think he was on Cincinnati last year. Sauce Gardner, defensive back for the Jets. Now he just signed a deal with like. I forget. I think it was Buffalo Wild Wings, like the different sauces or something like that. He's doing commercials. He could have, I think he started it in college last year and it's transitioned into mm. the NFL. But your name is literally Sauce. Yeah. And you're an All American. Utilize the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's hard though, because, and they're going to, it's just a reality. Alabama is going to get a bigger NIL deal. They're starting wide receiver than UC Davis. It's just, it's just yeah. math. And yeah. Fresno State. Like it's just, it's just math. But I do agree where if you could somehow, without disrespecting your program and your teammates and being a distraction, if you could just like, dude, you know how many times at Fresno State, they let the public come and take a tour of the locker room right. and the facilities and how we eat and what it looks like when we get taped and walking down the ramp and all that. Dude, like, is not going to be all the time? Maybe two, three videos a week, quick little, quick little one of these, like, a selfie yeah and then you're like oh he's got a funny locker mate he always wears uh you know he always rides a scooter to class he's so funny like dude yeah. like you could build your brand that way 100 percent. how would you say then out of you know from your career of college and the nfl have you utilized your leverage essentially into into your professional career I would say not as well as I could have. Mm -hmm. And I was late to the party um, because the reality is for me, at least my part of my story, when I was done playing football for the Chargers, 
I had another chip on my shoulder because my career didn't go the way that I wanted it to, right? Mm -hmm. I walked away from it because I knew if I kept playing, North Turner moved me to the fullback position. Mm -hmm. I kept playing. I was going to be dead early. Yeah. I was going to be a vegetable. So to walk away from that and not like I had fulfillment. Right. Because I knew I could play at the level. Have North Turner tell me I'm going to have a long career. I knew that's where I belonged, but I knew just that one thing, the concussions thing, I couldn't get over. Yeah. Right. So I had to walk away. And by doing that, I, I put another chip on my shoulder. Like I didn't fully live out that dream. Got a taste of it, but not to the full extent. So who am I going to be now? Yeah. Right. I walked away from the seven figure contract, not with the seven figure contract. So who am I going to be? What am I going to do now? And so, I had to really dig down deep to just fucking grind and hustle. Yeah. And I put my blinders on. You have to put your head down. I had to, I had to put my head down. And I feel like there's a part of me that missed the opportunity to leverage that experience, like yeah. you said, to brand then. Yeah. Not after I made it. No, I know. While I was going through the journey of making it. My journey of making it fucking six years of grinding my ass off, mm -hmm. getting some results, getting kicked in the nuts, getting gut punched and making mistakes and getting set back and having to claw my, myself back out to feel like I was worthy enough yeah. to share my story. That's when I started branding. And that's when stuff took off even more. Right. But until then, I had my blinders on, mm -hmm. kept my head down, and I missed an opportunity to use that when it was fresh. Yeah. But... I don't know. I don't know what's the right answer. You no, know? there is no right answer. And I, I agree. Like, I never... Okay, I'll use this. I didn't use Instagram stories when I played football at Fresno State. I had guys who... I mean, we we rolled up on a bus to play... I said it before the pod. We played Alabama. Like, guys are showing the inside of the way team locker and we're That's walking on the field. When we won the Rose Bowl. I mean, even then, like, we beat the crap out of UCLA one year our locker room's going ape shit. It was one of the most insane moments in in our in our school's history, and everyone's videotaping it. And I, I I appreciate myself for not videotaping it because I was just in, in it. Yeah, but all the same time, it's like, dude, like that's the now I, I have buddies who could send me the video. Sure, but like I could have probably leveraged that a little bit harder. Um, and I wasn't around during the NIL era that started the the year I graduated. The next year, my brother's freshman year. Um, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I probably could have done the same thing. And I'm not, now that I've been out of the game, you know, three years, I'm not going to now post that shit. Like, like I, I'm not a has-been. I'm, right. hey, yeah. I'm looking the, towards the future. I'm play not. for the dogs. I did play for the dogs. Yeah. And, I, and I tell people that, too. Like, And going back and sharing, hey, I'm back here. Right. Back home. And like, that's cool. Nobody could ever take that away from you. Like, Dean, you played for the Chargers. Nobody could ever take that away from you. You could forever put in your bio NFL football player and check that box. Nobody right. could ever take that away from you. And guess what? In reality, I've learned this in my small time away from sports now too. No one really gives a shit if you scored 100 touchdowns and were an 11-year pro bowler or you had one badass season with the Chargers. Nobody gives a shit. You're sitting in this chair. If you had six Super Bowl rings... I'd probably want to see a couple of them, but like, <laughs> but I, but I wouldn't, but I really like, I would sound like I'd be like, Can I, one? I wouldn't be more nervous or anything like that. Like yeah. 
again, this is a platform like, dude, pe- athletes are human beings. The coolest experience about being in the NFL was being in the locker room, sitting next to Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates, right sure. next to Ryan Matthews, right? Who you got on the wall. Any of these guys, just like we're sitting here. And they're just the, dudes, man. They're just dudes. The media is, oh my God. first of all, why they get paid so much. Yeah. Because people are paying attention. But the media, like, they make such a hyped deal out of everything. It's insane. Like, oh my God, uh, so and so is dating so and so now. Who gives a damn? Yeah, no one cares. But everybody seems to care. And that's why they make a bunch of money. But when you're in the locker room, you're just dudes. Yeah. Philip Rivers, hey, Dino, how's it going? Like country ass mofo. Yeah. Antonio Gates, hey, you said you were from Visalia? Dude, let me tell you a story about Visalia. I went to College of the Sequoias. Yeah. Played basketball there. Like I was a, I was ready to go to Fresno State and the night before, Kent State shows up at my apartment, knocks on the door, and the next morning I fly to Kent State. Crazy. And we're talking about Visalia. Yeah. Like we're just dudes. Well, they happen to be making tens of millions of dollars. Killing it. And their bonus <clears throat> checks, they're, you know, dancing around at practice because they got their huge bonus. But we're just dudes. They're just dudes. So that was that was a cool experience to go through that. But yeah, I'd say I don't know where we were going with that. Who well, okay, I mean, let's build off that though. Who would you say in your in your time in the league, in the NFL, was there a, a guy who, you know, Kind of took you in, looked after you, helped you learn how to become a pro. Anybody you still talk to pretty regularly? You know, that's another thing, thinking back to the opportunity mm-hmm. that I feel like I didn't capitalize on. Networking Having alone. built these relationships with incredible, awesome people and obviously the network and resources and everything that comes with that. Right. Walking away from it, I kind of felt like, all right, mm-hmm. that's that's my past. That's behind me. I get it. You want to bury it kind of. Yeah. And there's a there's some regret to that mm-hmm. because why not lean back in? Like, hey, this is what happened, but hey man, I'm still I still I'm still grinding. Like, yeah. yeah. So um You still think the same, just instead of your paycheck being off of playing for the Chargers, you gotta find another way. Right. Yeah. So there were there were some good really good dudes there. Um, you know, guys like Vincent Jackson. Good ass dude. Yeah. Antonio Gates, smooth, chill guy, good ass dude. So there were there were people that were there that would look after others. Um, and then there were some people there for themselves, but the locker room was good. Good. A lot of really good people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, generally I'd say people were chill. No, uh, I couldn't. I mean, I always ask anybody who played in the league that because College football is a business, but you don't really realize it till after the fact, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, like you're an adult living, living, or not living, but dealing with other adults in business. And you're like, dude, that that's why that happened, or that's why this happened. And then you're like, that's kind of fucked up. Or like, okay, I could see why he did it. Because ultimately, coaches, people in the front offices, the whole organization, if they don't win, they're all going to get fired. Yeah. So they need to, they also need to, you know, play this kind of like, you know, kind of between rock and hard place where they do need to make some people happy to keep the boat afloat. And it, it creates rocky waters. But I don't know. I feel like you learn off of it. And every NFL guy I've had on, I just ask them, you know, sometimes sometimes a, a seasoned vet who's been through the shit, or maybe they were a first round draft pick, but they, hey, 
They don't care if you were, you know, the undrafted free agent who had to go through three mini camps. Right. They're still going to treat you with the respect that you yeah. had. And it's like, dude, that that means a lot. I mean, one of my, I have a lot of dudes on this wall, dudes who are on this wall. I had my buddy Keyshawn Johnson. He he was on the the Cardinals for quite a bit. He just like when he got there, Larry Fitzgerald was the starting wide receiver, the, the dude still. And he just talked about how Larry Fitz was the way he was, a seasoned vet, brought people in, was treating them. I met him when we played. Dude, that standout dude. statuesque. Yeah. Like he looks Stand like out he dude. was carved out of some sort of really hard stone. He's just a solid guy. In, in the conversations that I have had, like regarding him, everyone has said the same thing. Yeah. Then DeAndre Hopkins get freaking traded. So now you got two superstars, and my my boy Key's a dog. Dog's with the Bills right now, coming soon. But I mean, you got two freaking probably Hall of Fame wide receivers on the staff, and D Hop was the same way. Standout dude, took him in under his wing, teaching him things. You know, you make a good catch in practice. Sometimes you need a little confidence booster, man. Yeah. From De- DeAndre Hopkins, that's a nice little like little pat on the ass yeah. after a good catch, man. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins said I had a good catch, man. Like that's good. <laughs> I'm using that, you know, from Keyshawn's lens, but you need that in your life. And it's so I like to ask that too because people we, need to understand had, these guys. Are, a good locker room. These guys are human beings, though, man. Like yeah, you yeah. said it earlier, these guys are dudes. They're just is. Dean, before we go any further, I gotta read a couple ads. Uh don't know how long you're in town, but Durvos Deli is it's the premier place to eat in Fresno now. It's right next to Doghouse across the street from the St. Mark Center. We had a live episode there a couple weeks ago. It was electric. The next one's going to be twice as electric. But they have this chicken sandwich I keep raving about. Check it out. Chicken sandwich. It's got the, oh, we, we raved. The pickles are really thinly sliced. It's not too spicy, but still buffalo-y. If you don't like that, they got the burgers are off the walls. They're actually slept on. Waffle fries are delicious. If you want to go a little healthier, you got a nice OG deli sandwich too. Check out Dervos Deli. Uh, if you're a Fresno State student right now, bring in your student ID. You'll get some sort of a discount, a free drink, some fries. It's posted on the wall. Check it out. My second sponsor, I know you're not in Fresno, but uh, if you were banking here, you should check out Fresno First Bank. Huh. They're local to Fresno. They are uh, an asset to the community. They have a strong connection with business owners to help them grow and succeed. They're never too busy for you. You walk in, they give you a high five, a knuckles, a handshake, a Hey, you listen to the last episode of uh, Breaking the Juice this week, one of those. But they're they're honestly, they have a definitive banking experience where they're going to treat you like family and they take a sound business approach to everyone they're involved. So shout out to Fresno First Bank too. Nice. And, you know, doing my research on you, Dean, I, this isn't a, a, a paid sponsorship, but DeanRogers.com. <laughs> dude, let's talk about it. Let's that is a it. badass website. Thanks, man. It is good. I'm talking like professional. And you're, I mean, you're, we'll make sure we plug you. We'll, we'll collab on some Instagram stuff. For sure. Uh, Jake's going to have some crispy, crispy clips for us. Cool. But DeanRogers.com, I was checking it out. I was doing my homework. Dude, you look like, you're like freaking, it's like legit, legit. <laughs> it's not some like Wix BS, like, like my Bring the Juice website is, but it looks really good. Thanks, and man. it's got great flow, man. Like the, you got the the funnels there. I was like, shit, I need to sign up for some shit. Right now. <laughs> uh, but I mean, tell me about just, you know, the Dean Rogers wholesale playbook. Let's I want to give you your chance to thanks, man. Give, give me that elevator <laughs> pitch of it. Give me that for elevator sure. pitch. Cause I want to know about it. Yeah. So I mean, at this point in my career, 
going through the grind, growing through the hustle, going through the growing pains, making the mistakes, of doing course. everything that I've done to get to this point, right? Um, I find I'm finally to a place where we've done hundreds of deals, right? We've flipped hundreds of houses. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done hundreds of wholesale deals. And do you know what wholesale deals are? Uh, no, why don't you explain it to everyone? Okay, because there's going to be some people that don't yeah. know what that let's, even let's means. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, so in real estate, yeah. most people understand what it means to buy a house. Absolutely, bought this house. People buy houses. Yeah. People sell houses. People rent houses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in those transactions, who's usually involved? The realtor. Of course. Most of the time. Well, investors, real estate investors like me who know how to do marketing can get in contact directly with homeowners. Mm-hmm. And- if they're motivated to sell, they have a real legitimate reason why they want to sell maybe quickly or they have some, maybe they inherited a property or the property's trash, right? Maybe a tenant trashed it or they have a lot of deferred maintenance, it's outdated. Something happened or something is happening and they they just want to cash offer. Mm-hmm. They don't want to deal with listing it. They don't want to deal with fixing it up. They want a cash offer. Boom. That's where real estate investors come in, mm-hmm. right? And they we find a win-win price that's fair for everybody involved. We get to make some money through mm-hmm. through the process. Ideally, there's still risk involved. We still lose oh, money. Oh hell yeah! Trust me, um, I've had my losses, um, but we try to find a fair price for the seller and for us. So that's that's real estate investing. Mm-hmm. Now through that transaction, when a realtor is not involved, you can either I can sign a piece of paper, you sign a piece of paper, I can buy your house right now. Right. But wholesaling is the same process but I sign one more piece of paper and I sell it to someone else while I'm going through the escrow process. Hmm. So it's a very interesting strategy that allows me to find an opportunity and sell it to another real estate investor without me taking ownership or title. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to bring the money. Would that be considered a flip essentially then? It's like a quick flip. Yeah. But technically people use the word wholesaling because yeah. you don't take title. You don't have ownership no, of the property at all. You literally just sign in a couple of pieces of paper. Yeah. But obviously you've identified and found an opportunity. Someone else is going to buy it. Boom. There you go. Yeah. So um How, so we've go ahead. Yeah. So we've wholesaled Finish. hundreds of houses. That's awesome. And um and how I got into it. Yes, that's my next question. Ask, how do you go from San Diego Chargers to so you go from San Diego Chargers yeah. to seeing what that life is like. It's a tough life. Experiencing it, seeing all the opportunity, seeing the the money you can make, the access to pretty much anything you want because mm-hmm. people treat you like royalty, right? Everything's a first class experience. To pretty much starting from scratch, I had a good college buddy that walked me in the door to a corporate job, busting my ass there. Great opportunity, but after year one of busting my ass, I, dude, I was laughing how easy the job was. Yeah, like. I'm I'm built to I I completely understand. I'm physically built to exert the most amount of energy. I'm mentally prepared for the most intense war scenarios yes. for fucking war. Put me in a war right now, I'm cool as a cucumber. I like, understand. I'm ready for it. You when bullets I mean? fly, you don't flinch. I completely when, understand. When women are screaming and there's something dramatic go, going on, like I'm calm. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I get it. So I'm in an office slapping around. God bless keyboard. our troops. God bless yeah. our troops. <laughs> I'm in, the, I'm in the office slapping around a keyboard, spinning around on my desk, busting my ass. This is so easy. They're going to recognize my talent, mm-hmm. give me a big payday. 
No. They increased my $65,000 salary. To what, like 72? Yeah, some shit. So I'm like, okay, this is not the vehicle. No. This is a good platform. Sure. Not the vehicle to get me back to financial freedom and, and the potential that I know I have. So I get on Google how to get started in real estate. I find a free podcast, Sean Terry's Flip to Freedom podcast. And that man was just speaking just heavenly songs, right? <laughs> <laughs> like he he just had energy. Yeah. He, he was just motivated. He had plenty of stories of other people, just average Joes having success by following his strategies. Yeah. All I did was listen. Didn't go on YouTube. I didn't take a course. Just listened. Did my first deal within three months. No Wholesaling shit. a property. So I was just, I can apply this hustle, this energy, this excitement to this. I can get results. So the journey, you know, continues. Of course. Where I'm at today, mm -hmm. having wholesaled hundreds of houses, flipped hundreds of houses, having a rental portfolio of eight figures, like, I'm confident that what I've learned and can do, I can help others. Mm -hmm. And I've been helping others for the past several years, actually branded it my Friends with Benefits program. Oh. Which is where oh. you might be in the friend zone now, but you bring a qualified lead or a deal under contract will help maximize that deal, turn it into a successfully closed profit, money in the bank. Now we're friends with benefits. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're having fun together. Right? I get it. So been doing that for a couple of years and just had people like, can you mentor me? Can you coach me? Can you help me? And had good friend that we both mutual friends, Stratton Brown. Shout out to Strat. Shout out to Strat. Pushed me off the ledge. Literally like, you got to do it. And so I got into coaching. Mm -hmm. And from there, uh, created the Wholesaling Playbook. Yeah. And have students, right? I've been doing it for every bit of six months now. And have students that have done many deals since joining, right? That's awesome. It, dude, it's just so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. And well, you're networking, but you're also like you're dealing with like recruits essentially. Like you're you're the you're like the old sensei now, man. Yeah, exactly. So um just I'm sure that's able, satisfying for you too. It's super fulfilling to be able to recognize their potential right. that they might not recognize and be able to give them the right information and then give them the motivation and support to see it through. Because mm -hmm. you got to hold people accountable. Absolutely. We were talking about it with sports. Hell yeah. Why do most athletes fail after sports? Because they don't have the structure. So that's what the coaching program gives is that structure, the right information, and now you just go do the work. Right. So that's what it's all about. Um, it's a passion project of mine. Totally. And we're just scratching the surface. I haven't done marketing or anything like that. Like it's It's going to keep going up. So. I'm excited. That's awesome. That's absolutely electric. I mean, yeah. it's cool too that like, out of all that, it's all impressive, but I mean, your self-drive is what did it. You you didn't That's take a, a YouTube course or anything like that. Or I, I get what you mean a lot on the, uh, you know, I think when you're an athlete, you're never satisfied realistically. Whether you win, I mean, look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady has what? Seven Super Bowls? Yeah. There's no reason why, to keep playing. Why why is he still playing? Yeah. He's literally because he's he's still not satisfied. He needs yeah. to prove something to someone or to himself or just keep getting further away from everybody on the record books or something like that. I don't I could not tell you why Tom Brady is still playing football realistically, but 
I'm sure there's going to be a Netflix documentary in the next like 10 years <laughs> yeah. explaining why he did. And he's gone through some family stuff lately. It's been, again, like you said, open to the public. Yeah. Just went through a little divorce. Not a little divorce, a big divorce. And it's it's out there for every single person to see. You got to live this lifestyle. Yes, you're making all this money, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's all up in your business. Everyone knows everything about you. Getting into my original point though, I think that internal fuel, that internal fire that you have that gets you to wake up every single day as an athlete, even on the days you don't want to get up. Mm -hmm. Again, I call it juice. You, you're so used to it. And there's like this hole, there's this, there's this like empty feeling in your gut, in your loins that you need to somehow fill with something. And I think some people, you freaking get them, they man. go the lazy yeah. way. Yeah. And I get it. I've had days where I've caught myself bullshitting where I'm like, hey, I haven't, I haven't lifted in a couple of days here. I've mm -hmm. been doing this for a little bit. Maybe I haven't posted as much on Bring the Juice as I should. The people want content. I got to give them content. Maybe I got to redesign some new hats. People want different colors. I got I to I gotta keep going. <laughs> you got to keep climbing the freaking mountain though. And like we started the pod today, you got to put your head down and go. Because as soon as you put your head up, I mean, I, even right now, I've, I've hit some good milestones for bringing the juice. I'm very satisfied of where I'm in. But also, I want to go to the freaking moon, baby. And if you're, you're not going to do it by half-assing it, being complacent with little whatever achievements, you need to keep your foot on the gas yeah. and going up. And I also think another thing with that, too, is you got to surround yourself with people that are like-minded. That's it, man. If you got people that are bullshitting in your circle, you're going to start bullshitting before you know it. Yep. Now, if you could be, and I have, I'm blessed where the guys who that I played with in college that I'm still friends with, they're they're putting their head down and they're going. They're trying to get to their top and whatever field they're doing, whatever their job is, whatever their vision is, they're putting their head down and they're going. And yeah, we kick it on the weekends. That's what we do. We go cheer on Fresno State Bulldogs. That's what we free. That's our, that's my life right now. And I love that's it. Fun. But it is so hard to fill that void, to fill that empty place once you're done playing because you're so – it's not just, oh, I had four years of playing sports. Dude, you started playing sports – I mean, well, I didn't start playing football until like seventh or eighth grade, but you start playing t-ball when you're yeah. freaking six, five. You yeah. should start playing – I'm sure you were put in U8 soccer or little basketball league or something like that. Like You're, you're competing. Yeah. And realistically, sports is about competition. Mm -hmm. You want to win. Mm -hmm. So if you could find something else you could win at, that kind of is the start of filling that void a little bit. And then yeah. you just got to get your piss hot every day and bring the juice because yeah. that's how you keep your foot on the get gas. Get that fire going. And yeah. You, you got to get it going. You got to get it going. Dean, so I would say this. Between your journey of college, the NFL with the San Diego Chargers, and what you're trying to do now, would you say you're more disciplined now than you were then? So I'm going to talk about this tomorrow at the event mm. that I'm co-hosting. Mm. I think that my commitment to being disciplined is what's gotten me here and will continue to push me to higher levels. But I don't want to mislead people that that means every day is perfect. Right. Right. As you mentioned, I don't have miracle mornings. No. I'm not waking up at four. I'm not waking up at five. I wake up when the sun shines in my eyes or my kids jealous are waking up at six there you go right my kids wake me up when they get out of bed so that's when i'm waking up um but i'm not rushing out of bed i'm making breakfast for the kids i'm getting them ready for the day and i'm starting work at nine mm -hmm. I, i'm not taking the miracle morning where i've already done three four hours of work by nine yeah 
So I don't have some outrageous. But you've discipline. worked to get to that point. Though, I too. have. I have. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I still eat ice cream three nights out of the week. Right. I fucking love ice cream. Rush a pint or two at a time. What's your What's your favorite ice cream? Right now, I don't think you can find a better quality. I'm sure you could, but Strauss. There's a brand called Strauss. I'm telling you right now. Sounds like some San Diego bullshit. The ingredients <laughs> are, are organic, and there's like six ingredients. It's Man. Got, it's got the organic uh, uh, cream and milk. It's got the organic chocolate. It's got like real vanilla. You go look at the back of- It looks legit. It sounds like it's like ten dollars, like a little, like for like a little pint or something. It's not cheap, but if you go, <laughs> but if you go look at the back, I'm a thrifties of, man. If you go look at the back of a normal thing, like there's right. stuff you can't pronounce. Yeah, yeah, I, this I is totally legit. What you mean. So when I eat it, I feel really good about it. Yeah, you know, it's there's like a protein no, shit. There's zero guilt about it. Yeah. Um. So that's my go-to right now, and I right now it's chocolate and vanilla mm. at the same time. I don't want to eat them separately. Chocolate and vanilla, just like the good old swirl. Mm. Get them both in your mouth. It's just heaven. Wow. Yeah. So you are more disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you but you're living life. You're you you got a plan and you understand your limits and you understand, yeah. hey, listen, I don't need to wake up at four. I mean, I can still get my shit done today. Yeah. I, I can't eat ice cream and still be my my successful. drive is still equally as there as when I got started. Cause by the way, I'm not I'm not uh throwing in the towel at five o'clock and you know, watching TV or something like Sure, I'll, I'll do dinner. I'll put the kids to bed, but I'm back to work. Like, right, right. I'm working from 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. Because I got way too much more that I want to do and accomplish. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like, I mean, I don't know about you think this way too. Like, I feel like we're always working. Right yeah. now, I'm working. I'm working right now. Yeah. You're going to go, you're going to go take a piss at a restaurant later and you're going to be working. Like, I'm, I'm going straight to the event center right after go. this. I'm looking at the setup. I'm working on that stuff. Working. Yeah. Dean, this has been an absolute stellar episode. I'm going to give you one last chance. Anything else you want to say to bring the juice before I wrap it up? Just would say what has helped my business grow the most and will be the same for any athletes watching this, any business professionals, is networking. Mm -hmm. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. Follow me online. Reach out. Say what's up. Like, yes. Networking is by – and everybody's heard it. Of course. Your network is your net worth, but to put it to practice opens up so many doors and opportunities. So reach out. Let's connect. Let's talk. Let's connect. Shaking hands, kissing babies. You know, uh, we're going to make sure we tag the hell out of you and all this. Check out DeanRogers.com. Tap in. See, see, you know, see what the uh, wholesale playbook's about. You respond to DMs. You'll, you'll be good to go. Uh, been an absolute banger of an episode of Bring the Juice. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials. Follow Dean on all his Instagram. Leave a comment on YouTube every once in a while, guys. Come on. The, the, the videos are crispy. Jake's doing a great job with it. Uh, get your piss hot. Got the new sweatshirt on today. A little juice box. Got some quotes on the back. Check it out on our store. Until next week, fire me up. Bring the juice, baby. <laughs>